You may not know it yet, but your life is about to change. You know, when I think about people who've influenced me, I have a guest on today I know that you're going to absolutely love. He's been a dear friend of mine for many years. He influences people because he, in fact, was influenced by great people in his own life. So I want you to meet, if you haven't met him before, Rabbi Yitzhak Levy. How are you doing, Rabbi? Wonderful. Shalom. Shalom to you. It's great to see you. Likewise. Thanks for inviting me. Well, it's good to have you here in Texas. Yes, sir. Okay, so let's talk about... You've been a great influence in my own life. You've been a big influence. You, you set a standard in your ministry. You set a standard in your life. You set a standard in your teaching. And it's not that you won't deviate or be flexible, but what I have noticed is you hold the bar high because you want to be a good reflection of who God is. So to me, you're a great mentor in my own life. So let's just walk through a little bit of, real briefly, what your life, your history has been, people who've influenced you, what you're doing now. Come on, let's talk. Okay. Well, born and raised in Israel, and um, I was very struck by, not the hearers are justified, but the, but the doers. So I know that the Jewish rabbis, for most of their orthodox, that is their stigma, is that, oh, it's all about works, works, works. Well, here's the thing that comes to mind is the son of the living God, Yeshua. When his father said, son, we need to do something about these humans down there. You know, they sinned. Somebody has to be sacrificed. And the son says, dad, send me and I'll do it. Now you're paraphrasing the book of Levi, right? <laughs> I'm just curious. Very limited edition. Okay. Okay. But... Uh, so Yeshua could have just said that, just pretend like I already did, I died, and I'm back here. So what's the point? What's the difference if I go and die and suffer? Just count as if I did. That wouldn't have been helpful to us humans. Yeshua had to come, as it says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. Well, my philosophy about this, if I can go that far, mm, is uh, what does that mean? In the beginning was the Word. What does that mean? Well... Most people don't really understand it. And at least I think I do. And that is that we use our hands to achieve anything in our, in our lives. Whether it's to eat, take a shower, everything is done by hands. But everything God does is by his mouth. He speaks and things happen. And so to me, in the beginning was the word is when I look at, at Proverbs 8.22, Yeshua describes his his early beginnings with his father. And he said, I was the joy of my father. And I was before the sons of man. I was before the heavenly, um, uh, the sun and the moon and the mm -hmm. sun. I was before all this stuff. The host. Yeah, I was the host. And so, studying this for many years, it dawned on me that the very first thing, he says, the firstborn. What does that mean? Uh, the only begotten. Well, to me, begotten means God was pregnant, and he gave birth to his son. I'm, obviously, I'm using here metaphoric language. But 
He was the first of the Father's creation. And He, in the beginning, was the Word. And then the Word was with God. And because He's from the family of gods, as it says in, I believe it's uh, Psalm 82, that we are all, the son, Israel mm -hmm. is the sons of God. So, plurality. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, he says, God says, but you will die like a common man because mm -hmm. you have disobeyed me. But here we have the firstborn, the only begotten of the Father, my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That sounds good to me. And so, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then he became flesh. Mm -hmm. And that's when I see Yeshua says that I created them. I'm going down there and I'll do what I have to do. So that I, they can, I can make them look good to you again. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you caught me as soon as you started quoting the Psalm of David. Because I'm thinking through how we've, I guess, been cheated, if you will, uh, of not really understanding what the Hebrew is. The, to me, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. The Hebrew in that Psalm is uh, talking about the distinction between the two words for man. Uh, there's four in Hebrew, as you know. But there's two used in that very same line of the Psalms. One is Gibor, the mighty man, but you will die like an Enosh. You will die like that sickly, weakly man. And so I, I guess it shows the contrast between the great things we can do, and yet on our own we can do nothing. We are, we are destined for failure without God. Absolutely, no doubt about it. People ask me, you're 72 years old, you still have the excitement in your teaching. You still talk about, yeah, because see, God is my next breath. He is my next breath. If I don't have God, I'm going to be dead. How can I not be passionate to the one who gives me life? What am I doing here on this earth? I appreciate the compliment. And I get a lot of this from all over the United States and in Israel. But what would I profit? in my living here on earth if it is not to bring glory and honor he is our father we need to honor him and so through living not with by words but by our action you you mentioned that i will not vacillate and i will not compromise on what i know that god demands there's some areas for instance if you and i went to play racquetball or tennis and you say look i don't want to play in this court I want to play in this court. I may be 20 years older than you, but that's not a matter of salvation. Rick, you want to go? Let's play here. It doesn't matter. But you tell me, brother, I've been all kinds of studies with rabbis, and Shabbat is not the seventh day. Shabbat is the first day of the week. Well, I want to have to say, I beg your pardon, but I have to stick with what Shabbat is for me. <laughs> you can go on with the first day. I want to stick with the seventh. You know, and those, that's very interesting because, you know, as you know, I come from a Protestant background, Pastor, we both, uh, you currently and I in my past, have pastored congregations. We know the challenges of that. We could do a whole series just mm -hmm. on challenges. But, uh, you know, people aren't always ready to hear the truth. Uh, in America, and probably in most of the countries around the world, Christianity, in some ways, has been really watered down mm. by traditional teaching, not by the authentic teaching of the Word of God. Right. And so I'm, I'm sure you're up against that. I was. My last seven years of ministry, 
uh, as a senior pastor was a real challenge because I was working alongside of rabbis. Mm -hmm. I was studying uh, the teachings of first century rabbinical Judaism, placing that alongside of our New Testament, read how to shop. And what I was discovering is there's a sharp contrast between what most ministers are teaching and most congregants are learning compared to what Yeshua and his Talmudim, his disciples, were actually learning and what they understood, correct? Absolutely. And the thing is, it's such a joy to work with you. And the reason is, well, there's many reasons, but to me, the main reason why it's easy for me to work with you is because you're like me. You are not afraid of another opinion about a certain thing. What are we afraid of? The truth will set us free, not lies. And, and so what we see is that the basic, and I don't want to call it religion because I don't believe God is about religion. God is about way of life, a way of life. Do you breathe? That's a way. It's not religious. When you breathe, it's not a religious experience. It's a way of life. Do you eat? You must eat. It's not a religion. So walking with God according to his commandments. Um, we hear so much for the last 2000 years. We're not under the law. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> that one. I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. That ahead, one really gets because what, and I've had many people as you have, but we've had many people that say to us, we're no longer a brother. We're no longer under the law. It's like, okay, well, let's try to clarify that just a little bit. Do you feel it's okay to murder? And I've never had a person when I ask that question say, yes, they always say, well, of course not. Well, do you think we should honor our father and mother? Well, of course we should. And you go through the list and what you find out is, they believe, except the Sabbath, that's yeah. a huge one for a lot of people. Yeah. They say, well, of course, well, then what do you mean we're not under the law? Are you saying we're not underneath God's, uh, uh, not requirements as much as this is how you should live? He has instructions for us. And when a, when a person understands that God has instructions and when we live by those, it's a healthier, holier, set-apart life. Then they understand. Now, yeah. I don't know why the Sabbath is such a problem for people. Mm -hmm. When everybody wants to take a break, but apparently we're still living underneath a Constantinian uh, kind of rule of law in the churches, for, for a lot of churches. Yeah. Well, I don't believe, uh, I'm disagreeing with you because, yeah, Constantine was a big part, but I really believe that uh, the Sabbath was tried to be altered from the beginning of Babylon. No, it's Nimrod. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Well, look. I haven't taken it that far back. You know, Semiramis and, and, and sure. who was their child? The son. Yes. The son. Sure. And so if you listen to the word, the Christians, uh, they worship the sun day. Right, know, right, right. And right. the well, most. Well, probably without realizing. The, but but that's the pastors true. do. The pastors, no doubt. Because, you know, I don't know if you heard of Dr. Criswell, my sure, father-in-law was the president. Yeah. And I sit down with them and they agree with me. If you go to the Catholic, uh, the, it says there um, that we took it upon ourselves. It's exactly what it said. We took it upon ourselves to change the Sabbath from the seventh day to the first day because of the resurrection. Well, don't you understand the resurrection is work? Yeshua had to rest on the Sabbath because he is our Shabbat. 
He cannot rise on the seventh day because that's work. But he rose. So in a beautiful way, it says in the beginning, the first work that Yeshua did was let there be light. He goes on in John, he says, I am the light of the world. Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. That light that Yeshua spoke was manifesting himself because the sun and the moon were created on the fourth day. Mm -hmm. So what was the light of the vegetation that was done before the fourth day? He tells us, I am. And I don't know why people want to complicate things. To me, I'm a simple man. You know, keep it simple. And that is, he tells me, he tells us, in the first, on the first day, I created light. He moves on. Hey, guys, you know that I am the light of the world. Oh, that's not what he means. He's just trying to, to confuse us. <laughs> we like to philosophize. Exactly. We really do like Greeks. We, you know, <laughs> well, what does it mean to you? And how can we con when the when the Hebrew is not about philosophy, no. it's very much concrete language, about a concrete lifestyle, nomadic. Most of this is nomadic language. Yeah. It's the shepherd's speech yeah. to the sheep. It's it's knowing where to find water. It's watching out for the clefts in the rock. It's when you when you uh, need to repent. It's because you've gone off the path. Uh, very nomadic language. In English, we have the terminology of. Um, you need to repent, brother. But in the Hebrew, we don't have such a word, repent. Mm -hmm. It's lachazor b'tshuva, to return mm -hmm. with an answer. Mm -hmm. Where are you, Adam? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm hiding. Why? Did you by any chance eat? Can you explain to me why would you eat? You have not responded to me. So Yeshua has been calling. Many, look, many still running away from God. But you and I, and those who are influenced by you, Television. I mean, having a synagogue in uh, in we are going back home with an answer. God, we're simple. We need you to save us. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong in this. Uh, I've had years of Hebrew, but realize I haven't had near enough Hebrew. Mm -hmm. When I read the 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 section of scripture in Genesis, Bereshit, and it talks about you know you can eat from all the trees, but don't eat from this tree. When I read that in the Hebrew, it's an imperfect verb. An imperfect verb, um, you know, there's a lot of ways in inter interpreting the mm -hmm. verbs in the Hebrew. But the way I interpret this, and tell me if I'm way off the bat, is that it wasn't a one-time act. It isn't a perfect, perfect tense verb. It may have gone on many, many times. There may have been many conversations between Elohim and Adam about not eating from that tree, but you can have all the rest. What I do know is that's the way God functions in my own life, mm -hmm. is repeatedly reminding me. And that's what I see the Torah cycle as being, a constant repeating a reminder cycle. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Do you think I'm, I'm close? Yeah, this is the first time I hear this. Mm -hmm. um, so it's new to me. But here's what I have my conclusion for what works for me is that when God repeats it to us many times is because we're imperfect men. Mm -hmm. Adam and Chaya were sinless and their clothing, clothing were not from uh, something that grows from the earth or bloodshed, um, uh, leather of sort like sheep skin or whatever. We have several places in, in Proverbs, we have it in, um, in um, uh, Psalm that Adam and Chaya 
were clothed before. Okay, you're speaking about before sin. Sin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sin. And so, I, I got to tell you this, and I probably. And, and I agree with you, by the okay. way. I'm going to yeah. comment after yeah. you get done. But I have all this information in the book of Genesis that I wrote a long time ago. Yes. And so here's what I see. You know, but you could be wrong. I could be wrong. Okay. <laughs> I've been teaching for 56 okay. years the same thing. So if okay. I'm wrong, God forgive Iron sharpens iron. Okay. But here's what I see. I see that um, most people want to put God in a box or to say, oh, here's a square and I want to fit it into a circle. Well, it's not going to work. I'm not going to force God in anything. God can do what he can create the whole universe in one hundredth of a thousand of if he wants to. He could have done it in six million years. So when, when I talk to scientists and they say, you cannot prove that the earth is uh, older than uh, 5777, mm -hmm. which is the Hebrew which is, I, I forget the guy's name who came up with that figure, but yeah, yes. it's a very Jewish so, way of counting it. So uh, I say, you're right. The, the earth is not 57. It is man's from the time of sin. And I'm looking at this as like a, a sand clock. And God took a sand clock and he turned it over. And that's been 57, 77 years ago. When Yeshua would come, this is my understanding. Yeshua came on every day at the three o'clock evening oblation to talk to his audience. A man and a woman that he made. He made him in his image. So I believe what came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken, without a doubt, because he created <laughs> he created them at the age. Okay, of you've heard it here first. <laughs> the age-old question of which came first is actually, according to Yitzhak Levy, Rabbi Yitzhak Levy, is the chicken. Without so thank a you doubt, for solving that, <laughs> chicken cannot reproduce. The chicken has to lay the egg and then sit on it before it can reproduce. Okay, so. The chicken without a doubt. Chicken. And so in this case, he made him at the age of 20. Again, how do I connect this? Nothing that I teach is out of my philosophy. I'm not that smart. So, but I do have verses. So they, they say, um, may you live to be 120 like 20. Where did that come from? Is it scriptural? Of course. It says that Moshe was 120 years old when he died. But he looked like he was 20. So you see this movie, mm -hmm. The Ten Commandments, and you see this long hair, white sure. hair, and the white beard. No, no, no. He looked like a 20 edge person, according <laughs> to scripture. So I believe that Adam and Haya were created in the image mm -hmm. of God, an adult. And why 20? This is the age of accountability. Account Moshe told Israel, do not count him under 20. Oh. Yes. So everything that I teach has to have scripture, otherwise mm -hmm. I cannot teach it. Mm -hmm. He comes every day after three o'clock because it says in the Genesis that he came uh, in the cool of the day. Well, cool of the day is a good English translation, but it's not Hebraic. Mm. So it has to be on the evening of Revelation, three o'clock. He would come down and he would teach them Torah. What is he teaching them? in heaven remember when God told Moshe look into the heavens and whatever is what do we see we see a Mishkan we see the Ten Commandments everything is there there is a synagogue up there so he comes every day and he teaches them what's taught in heaven he's teaching them in the garden see now I, I had a thank you so much I had a misunderstanding of that because I thought whenever God showed up it was always cool <laughs> 
Well, you know why we 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 get confused because everything is cool nowadays. That's a cool color. I'll, you choose. That's a cool, cool fireplace. <laughs> exactly. So, I even teach in my synagogue about restoring the language. So, Shaul, the Apostle Paul, spoke over thirty-three languages. But when he went on the way to persecute the believers, the Talmudim. Yeshua speaks to him, not in English, not in French or Spanish. He says in the Hebrew language. Why? Because God only speaks Hebrew. Now, you, you can say, "Well, I heard the voice of God, and it was English." Well, maybe in the process between his mouth and your ear, it's English, <laughs> but he speaks only Hebrew. <laughs> now, like, There's another. That's a first. No one knew that before, but now we know. Rabbi but remember, Rabbi. I got to give you a scripture for that. <laughs> okay. There is no language under this. Is it okay to laugh? Why not? <laughs> we have the joy of the Lord. We must we must be happy, especially when we talk about Him. There is no language under the sun that can make sense of everything in creation other than Hebrew. Yom, day, Laila, Choshech, Maim. Ben Adam, son of the earth. No other language makes sense. Forget about Aramaic and Greek and no, no, only Hebrew. Now, what else do I? I go from Genesis and I take you right to Revelation, to Yohanan, John, the Revelator, the beloved Yohanan. And what do we find there? He's communicating with someone, and he's able to listen. To the angels talking, not with him, between themselves. It says, "Hold the winds." Perfect Hebrew. The man only spoke Hebrew. Born and raised in Israel, he was not a philosopher. He was not. common folk. He speaks only Hebrew, and he can listen and understand every word. Even Messianic rabbis say, "Brother, I never knew that." That, yeah. You know why God reveals to me? Because I'm not educated. I just say, you know, I'm dirt. Teach me. When we think about this show specifically, is is about helping a person's life change. And that's the promise I make at the very beginning and the opening of every single session of the show is that keep watching because your life is about to change. I believe that's true. When we learn the stories of other people and how they followed after God, and see how their lives have changed. We too can have changed lives through understanding the principles of following after God. Who was a part of changing your life in these last few moments? My father and I were not close. You know, after the Holocaust, my parents obviously had issues. They were some of the wealthiest people in their country. Came to Israel with nothing.、Uh, we were extremely poor, and they had to put me in a、uh, Catholic orphanage.、Mm. 24/7. In a resting place for a young Jewish boy. Exactly. I was the only Jewish boy in all of Israel who was in a Catholic, French Catholic orphanage, and all the kids there, all the boys, were Muslims, were Palestinians. They were real orphans. I had parents; they just couldn't afford.、Them. So from six to nine, I was there. So even though my father and I were not close, I got to tell you two things. There's many things to say about my dad. But the influence I had, we were so poor one day. My mom comes and says, "Aaron,、uh, give me some money to buy bread. That's all we have. No refrigerator, no fish, no meat, no vegetables, nothing. 
just a bread. And my father says, I don't have any money right now on me. Uh, come back in an hour or two. He says, it's Friday. You know, they're closing the bakery at 3 o'clock. I got to have the money before. The, oh, don't worry. Oh. She comes back again at 11 and again at 1 o'clock. Aaron, are you making fun? It's almost Shabbat, Sabbath. I got to have bread. I don't have the money, but it's coming. He had two bags of cement in the back of the house he did not use for the work he was doing. Here comes a boy from around, across the street, around the curve. I was about this high. And he goes around, he says, I got your money, Mr. Levy. I got, before God, I'm telling you this. I got your money, $2. He comes around and he says, my father wants to buy, he uses a dollar per bag. My father wants to buy, how did he know? We're not, we're not a store. We don't sell cement. We, you know, we're not a hardware store. My father wants to buy the two bags of cement. He'll pick them up the first day of the week. So come the first day of the week. No, God knows you need bread. And he's like, I'll go get some bread. One loaf for Friday, one for Shabbat. That faith, I'll never forget. Now, brother... I've been around the block and I've seen so many men, people confess, oh, God speaks to me. Oh, me and Jesus, we're like this. He comes to my golf course and sometime I'll take a nap, he'll come and visit me or in the shower. I hear this guy, ah, open the door, I want to. These people did not influence me that way. A person like my dad, not, not much talk, just proof is faith. The last one I want to tell you, you don't have time. We're getting close to finishing up, though I want to hear all your stories. And I'm thinking we have you back for a second episode. Okay. I think we need to. There's two. You and I are catching up. We're old friends here. We haven't talked in a while. So this is good. That's right. So if you'll hold that story. Yes. Now, what would your last bit of advice in 10 seconds be, 15 seconds, for people? How can they have changed life? Yeah. Be a good influence by... Be a man or a woman of your word. If you say something, you've got to fulfill it. Otherwise, how can you talk about God and say, oh, Jesus said he's coming back. How do I know? I look at your life. You told me you're going to be there and you were not there. So we have to have Yeshua living in us to manifest, not only to look like God, but to act like God. Seems to me that's exactly what the Bible teaches us. That we're to be followers of him, Therefore, we begin to look and sound like our Father. Amen. Right? <laughs> Rabbi, I love you. I love you too, my friend. Good to see you, brother. Thank you so much. It really, really is so much. Thank you for being on the show, uh, for watching, for uh, continuing to support the network. Uh, you know, we love you. We appreciate you. I pray that this has been one more step in transforming and changing your life. And we'll see you again next week. Shalom, shalom.